if you're if you like eating if that's going to help you so have a banana before you eat because eating chocolate or anything bad well you can't eat chocolate though can you me? but yeah don't go on a big sugar high just have something that will sustain your energy throughout your recital mm. and breathe and meditate and make sure you're in the zone beforehand um warm up visualize you doing well it's all about mindset because if you're in a negative mindset the audience will Hello, and welcome to the Eric's Piano School podcast. My name is Eric Reinhardt, and today I am interviewing or having a conversation with Chloe Roberts of Rococo Piano Studio, who I met through Instagram. And uh, we are both members of Tim Topham's Inner Circle for Piano Teachers uh, doing creative piano teaching. Most of what we do and most of what we talk about today is related to recital preparation as I just finished up my students' recitals last weekend and then my teacher's recital uh, last weekend as well. So we were discussing about best practices for preparing and relating with students. This will be really directed towards other teachers or more advanced players or older, older players. Um, I hope you enjoy this and banana my story so um so i had a morning of adults and both came sort of they've been busy all the morning um and they went to sit down and practice their well play their pieces for me that they've been practicing during the week and um two separate people this morning were kind of freaking out like, oh, there's so many mistakes. I, I played this an hour ago uh, before I came and it was perfect. Um, and that's why I said, it's fine. This happens as soon as you're in front of someone. This, you just allow mistakes to happen because you learn from them. Um, mm -hmm. And I was kind of reflecting after thinking, um, it's a similar sort of thing with yoga. Um, you have to kind of allow, you, you get to a point in your yoga practice, well, I do, um, where you mm -hmm. kind of just let go and allow things to flow naturally um, and let go of all these feelings of whatever you, you're carrying out through, through with you throughout your day. Um, so that was quite nice to kind of think, oh, okay. That really links, I think with yoga practice and piano practice just really, really links together well um, in terms of we just need to let go of, mm. um, we're, gonna, we, we're allowed to have bad days basically. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of adults, I think, are really subject to that more so, like that, that level of impatience. Yeah, because kids can, if they make a mistake, oh, they laugh at themselves and then they just carry on. Um, and we can make a joke and we can move on and then we can learn from that mistake. But adults are really harsh on themselves. Um, and it's just really, I think because adults think they should know, um, they should know not to make that mistake. Um, it's like a personal attack on their <laughs> on their identity or or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I have a, I have I I tell them all the time I have, I completely admire them for getting back into music um, later in life um, because it's really difficult. I've recently been thinking. Um, I stumbled across my violin. I picked up my violin. I put down my violin. I should say um, when I was 
just leaving primary school and I, it's recently been at the back of my mind and I opened it up a few months ago and the bows broke and the strings are broke <laughs> so I'm going to take it in um, to my, my local music shop next weekend and get it fixed because I have this like itch to get playing it and pick it up and teach reteach myself how to play violin. Um, and I think that's in, been inspired by my adult students with piano, thinking, oh, if they can do piano, I can definitely teach myself violin again. So, um, yeah, that's my to-do list in the next couple of weeks. The, like, the single note instrument, like a melodic instrument, yeah. I feel like really complements a piano. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, I mean, even from the, from the video that I sent you of the guy critiquing my video, one of his first comments was, uh, he needs to sing more. And um, uh, sometimes I think I'm so, as a piano player, I'm so into just the notes that I'm, what, what comes next, that I forget to like hear, be hearing my right hand really loudly in my head and singing it in my head. Um, yeah. Did I tell you, you that? You Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. There you go. <laughs> um, well, I'm about to change the, change the subject, so. Okay. Um, what was I going to say then? Um, before you, I watched a really interesting video interview, actually, with Nicola and Graham, uh, Nicola Canton and Graham Fitch the other mm. day. Um, I think she recorded it when she went to London um, to do the expo. Mm, mm. Um, have you watched it? It's about, um, I'm pretty sure it's about how to practice. Um, and he was saying that he won't, he, he'll have the score in front of him and he'll just listen to lots of different recordings before he even attempts to play it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I just thought, oh, I really need to do that myself. I have mm-hmm. obviously recordings, but not a huge of different a different range of different pianists playing the same piece, which I think is quite important. Yeah. So then put your own slant and expression into how you play things. Um, yeah. I, your own personal slant afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I just got a, um, do you know who Chick Corea is? No. He's like a kind of Cuban style piano player. Uh, um, anyway, he, I, I watched a YouTube video yesterday and he was talking about, um, playing along with your with with the recording uh mm. so actually right before this call um i had i was playing along with different youtube recordings of my pieces so i had my headphones in mm. um with them and then i was just trying to follow the timing and the phrasing and stuff like that which i i never thought to do i mean i listen to a lot of recordings but that's one step and yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I actually, this morning, one of my adult students, um, these pensive practice cards, these are brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've just lent out quite a lot of these to some adult students. Um, they get, I give them kind of five each. There's lots of different topics. There's style, jumble, where you kind of jumble the right hand, left hand, and different yeah. rhythm, memory, lots of different things to work on. And um, so I just lent out one to an adult who's kind of in the polishing stages of a piece um and she i gave her the the one where she had to record herself last week and she listened to it back and, and then kind of then listened to recordings and things so this week her task is to play along with 
with the recordings and really get really feel that expression oh really, cool i didn't really it's really hard to teach expression i find as a new teacher um i think it's something that i've naturally always done um I remember my teacher saying, oh, yes, you, you just, you seem to just pick up expression really well. So I've never really, I've not really thought how to teach that. I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kind of learning as I go, as I'm teaching um, and doing different ways and getting them to listen to themselves, listen to recordings, playing along with it, I think is definitely a brilliant way to polish pieces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, like in my teaching uh, since so many of my students are beginners and they're learning like a bunch of new stuff all at the same time, I don't even talk about it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, like until, until they're maybe they're like really solid on a piece. Um, yeah. cause I don't want to add another layer of thinking. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's kind of, yeah, get the notes, the rhythm, let's get all that. Yeah. Stuff. And it's, it's maybe a little bit more comfortable for a for, because because it's object it's very objective and you you can't be wrong especially as a young teacher you you can't you can't be wrong about oh this is a quarter note but uh you might be we might be privy to our our youth to interpret something a certain way that maybe isn't interpreted by like a master level teacher um yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I, I tend to not to teach expressions so much with, um, especially one week pieces. We have a kind of our long term pieces, which I kind of, which we work on and probably do a bit more polishing on. Mm. The one sort of pieces I don't stress about the details too much, I guess. Mm. Because it's all about getting that fresh, you know, new music to look at. Let's look at lots of different repertoire. Everything till mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've written a few other things down. Um, did I? Did I tell you uh, to go back to the thread? Yeah. Um, had I told you that I play saxophone or I played saxophone in high school? In high school, yes. And then you, uh, then you started piano after sax, didn't you? Uh, I mean, really studying piano. Yeah, um, I learned as a kid. But uh, anyway, I have I have one saxophone student, and tomorrow at my recital, um, I'm playing a duet with my student, and I'm playing saxophone, and he's playing piano. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, we're doing like a twelve bar blues. Have you gone through Tim Topham's like twelve bar blues course? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we do like simple things and we were like going over comping and stuff but um um it, it's refreshing to like go to a new instrument after just like being so focused on something else and um and just to have a different sound <laughs> like yeah. i think that's what i'm craving with violin actually recently just been listening to recording thinking oh yeah i just want to just try something different <laughs> yeah there's there's a couple Instagram people who play classical guitar that I follow, and like even if they just like pluck strings, it just sounds good to me. Like like I'm I'm totally what guitar sitting here by me. I, I haven't picked my guitar in months. So mm. I instrument. I just oh. impromptu performance. <laughs> <laughs> I 
very out of tune. Uh, <laughs> Give you a minute to tune it right here first. No, I'm not going to perform. No. <laughs> uh, I really like the uh, like just the nylon sound. Those mm -hmm. nylon strings, like kind of the Spanish style, I guess. Pretty. Yeah. Really nice. What were you going to say before when I went on to, was that what you were going to say? That Yeah, the saxophone and just like that it brings you back to, uh, it's so, piano's so complex because there's so much going on and you're in charge of so many things. So it's kind of nice to like narrow your focus sometimes, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really lovely actually listening last week. Um, when I sent you that link to the girl um, that's, oh, I forget her name, my memory's terrible, who's just won the BBC Musician of the Year. Mm, the, the Prokiev Concerto? Okay, yeah. And, um, and it was so, I don't know how the judges chose because they had a pianist, a cellist, um, a saxophonist, and uh, someone else. Um, a drummer, they, all, all the semi-finals, I don't know how they whittled it down because the instruments are so different and they were all yeah. absolutely incredible. And even as a, obviously I, I was thinking, oh, my favorite piano because, and she was, she was really, really incredible. She got the standing ovation and things in the final. Um, but they were all just absolutely brilliant musicians. They, they all did well, which is what's lovely. Um, mm. But so different having that single melody line with sax and then all these crossover hands, piano things going on. Yeah, mm. I don't... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was, I put it on in the background as I was doing some computer work. I haven't delved too far into Russian composers. No, no. I, the, the first movement started off and I thought, mm, I don't like this. I don't, uh, just, the sound doesn't kind of gel. And then... Um, and then the other movements. I I, I cried after I watched actually because I just sat there and watched. And it was about fifteen minutes long, and I thought, oh my gosh, you just take a deep breath after thinking I've never seen. I just imagine. I wish I was in Birmingham Symphony Hall right now watching that because mm. the energy in there must have been incredible. Mm. Um, I love it when that effect happens. <laughs> the <laughs> music that's really yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I went, I saw um, somebody play the Appassionata Sonata on Wednesday by Beethoven. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was pretty magical. Where would you that? Where? You say where? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, uh, it, it was yeah. just like at somebody's house. They have, she has like a salon style oh, house. Nice. Uh, with like her Yamaha C7 in in the uh, like just foyer, I guess, or and and they just like set up chairs. It, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like got a like super tall tall uh, ceiling, so the sound carries really well. And she just like throws these concerts once a month, which is pretty amazing. That's really cool. And I don't see live performances enough. That's one thing I need to. Um, I need to get out more. I live yeah. in such a small um, place. I definitely need to delve into trips to cities to go and see live concerts. I just, yeah, I don't experience that enough, which is, I think, what 
scares me about performing myself. I've never had many performance opportunities outside of school or college things, really. Yeah. Uh, I've never really been taught how to deal with performing. So hats, like, honestly, hats off to you for your recitals this weekend. <laughs> I'm scared for you. <laughs> no, I know how that feeling is. And I, it's not the nicest thing. Well, for me, that's my I'm, personal experience. You, you have gone to a couple of concerts, though. Live concerts, right? Yes. Or no? Okay. Um, um, tell me if you ever get this way mm-hmm. going to a concert for me is always like a really bittersweet experience because I see these like masters like just shred on the piano and, and a lot and a lot of the time like I saw this one girl uh, she's like 17 years old and like uh she's from japan and she like won some crazy competitions she came to oc to do um to do rachmaninoff's paganini etudes or no yeah yeah i think so it was like yeah anyway and i left there like partly uplifted partly like (laughs) just hurting so bad and and like jealous just like so jealous uh, which like yeah. really lit a fire under my butt, but sometimes going to concerts can be pretty painful for me, like emotionally. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I was watching BBC musician thinking this girl was 16. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. I just feel so, I feel such an inadequate pianist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so, Oh yeah. But then I, then I, then I kind of sat back and I think this is again, where the yoga influence, um, because with yoga, it's kind of like everybody, the only comparison is with yourself. It's not a competitive thing, is it? You, you can only improve yourself and you're on your own journey. And it's definitely the same with piano. Um, because chances are, I don't know for sure, but um, I'm really annoyed. I can't remember the name, because I'm not the musician's name, bless her, the pianist who won. Um, she she's possibly been well she, she's clearly been really nurtured with music from probably quite a young age to get to that we're talking about lauren zang yes yes okay. yes lauren zang i was thinking hannah zang and i thought no it's not hannah it's not uh-huh. hannah zang. yes um but she had this such and the judges were saying she had this such a um just a maturity with her playing um and a lot of pianists would never ever have attempted kind of the piece she did. Um, so, yeah, the maturity side of things that she's definitely had mu- music in general um, nurtured from a young age, which is kind of like the Suzuki method, isn't it? Um, I don't know whether she was taught Suzuki method, but that's kind of the idealist, every teacher's dream sort of um, way of teaching that you kind of end up a child is born and then you give them lots of lot listening make them listen to lots of music and then they share lessons with um their maybe older siblings and then they'll start lessons age three and yeah that's mm. cool. mm. that's, put the headphones on the tummy of the mom <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
absolutely. And that is a pretty, I, I do, I love that kind of um, ethos of parenting, really. I'm thinking if that ever yeah. decide to have kids, I think I might kind of try just headphones on my tummy. Yeah. yeah. Do you, you, do you have perfect pitch? Uh, no, probably not. What to sort of sing? No. Um, if somebody played a random note on the piano. Oh, um, Yeah, I probably could work it out slowly. Like, <laughs> slowly. It would take me a while to process, but I think I would sing. Yeah, I would kind of probably go from a C and then go blah, 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 and try and find it. I'd be somewhere close, but probably not perfect. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is such a valuable skill that feels like uncharted territory to, mm-hmm. to like learn how to develop. Yeah. And I know, I know in, in Europe, or maybe it's mostly just like, I think Italy, mm-hmm. they do fixed dough. They like teach fixed dough yeah. a lot of the time, uh, which is like, I find kind of weird, but some mm. kids, some kids get it and some kids don't. Yeah. See, sulfur is quite new to me. I've not really, I was never taught sulfur. It's only since I've been teaching that I've kind of, that's t- Tim Topham's website and Nicola's stuff and I'm only just starting to teach that a little bit myself. Yeah. So but it's I can definitely see that's vital. Really, it's so important for all skills really. So, yeah, I don't really use my ear when I play. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a reader then? You're a good sight reader. Um I'm okay at sight reading. I'm also just really good at the visual layout of the keys. And I, and I think in terms of like stacking the, the chords on the keyboard itself. Yeah. Um, See, I, think, I think I've always been better at playing by ear. Um, yeah, definitely play by ear. I'm a rubbish sight reader. I really am. <laughs> I fake it. To the, to the point where um, colour actually... My old teacher, we used to colour in C's red and D's. And honestly, I can read colour quicker. Um, almost like I, I saw the idea from, um, it was a dyslexic, a teacher helping a dyslexic student. I'm not dyslexic, but it really, really helped my brain um, kind of deal with the amount of notes that were on the stage. So I saw patterns of colour rather than mm. patterns of black crotches and minims and quavers so yeah. yeah that really helped me and I've Could actually I... yeah what do you say no go on it actually helped with I suggested it um I had one student a few years ago she was really struggling to sight read a particular piece and so I said well what if we just color in kind of those just she just couldn't see that there was like a pattern a row of d's or whatever they were and she just couldn't get the sense that she had to go back to this d every time and then i just thought i thought oh i'll just color those in a little bit and um and she was like oh my gosh it's the same note and she she definitely saw the color the color definitely helped her then anyway Mm -hmm. she i think she had dyslexia or some sort of um issue with reading there so yeah interesting what were we going to say (laughs) um 
I have used color in the past, like when I'm, uh, I was playing the C minor Bach Prelude and Fugue in book one. Um, but there's the rule that like you have sharps and flats and if, if uh, in the measure, if it is sharped and flat and then later on in the measure it shows up again, they don't have to write the symbol, right? I would keep on forgetting those. And so I just color those. <laughs> I would color those notes. My system was red is sharp, orange is natural and blue is flat um, for any notes that weren't marked. If I kept on missing them. Yeah. yeah. Um, just cause the visual system is powerful and color. Uh, I have a, I have a student who on tomorrow, he's like, he's skipping a section of his piece uh, and I made him grab a red Sharpie to like put the two dots of where he needs to go because God knows like when you, when you're in a performance situation, your brain just like does terrible things. And so if you just like put a little pencil mark in black, like <laughs> uh, your, your eyes just like glaze over. Yeah. I, th I think visual stuff really, really helps. Um, definitely. And stickers and, Mm. coloring it and things but I don't like to write I'm one of those teachers that doesn't like to put colour on original copies so I do sort of either put something over it and then just yeah I'm, just, I'm generally a post-it person because I hate ruining a school mm. <laughs> there's something nice about just a plain blank school with nothing on it you haven't um, you haven't thrown a recital for yourself yet yeah. Um, I've never performed in a recital myself. Oh, really? Nope. Uh, it's not. It's not generally. Um, it's the kind of traditional way of teaching over here is definitely piano is a very solitary um, instrument. Um, I def I performed in school and things, um, but I haven't really. I haven't performed since my teens. So okay. the thought of performing again is quite <laughs> I know how important it is for my students to get that experience. So I've just got to definitely put a date in the diary for either later this year or this time next year. I'm not sure whether to do like a November. I don't particularly want to do a Christmas themed one. So I'd like to kind of do it before the Christmas songs get mm. playing. <laughs> maybe do it kind of end of October early November time um, and then this time next year May before all kind of exam things start maybe run it alongside our exam um, for people who are taking the exams kind of use it as a trial run to their exams that's quite mm. I think a lot of teachers mm -hmm. around here um, and the exam season starting um, in a couple of weeks here so it's quite a good time now or just end of April to do that so it's just it's forward planning isn't it i need to yeah. um definitely get a date in my diary over the, the summer write it down write it down right, what i need to do yes right. <laughs> so i need to commit myself i've mentioned to a few parents you know i'm planning on maybe holding a little performance oh yeah they, we'd love to do that we'd love to come see that so um Actually, I am doing a little performance at the end of term 
in with my school students just did in like a little assembly in front of their um, in front of their peers um, the I love coffee piano safari I thought they, they, they were really terrified by the fact performing some of them uh, yeah. <laughs> I taught it to my mum and she just she I'll be playing something and then she'll come over and go dun, 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 and then I'll have to join in and do the duet and we play it through it's quite funny and um, so I'm in the process of teaching all of them all of it and then I'm going to choose a part for them there's six of them doing it and the six parts and then we'll do that little rotation I don't know whether you've seen um, yeah I have um, Catherine Fisher I think it is for Oh my gosh, me and names. The other lady who I met in London. <laughs> <laughs> the other piano safari lady. I think it's her actually playing and duetting with her little group. So I'm definitely going to try that. I think awesome. that's a good It's going down already with teachers in the corridor. They keep walking past, like sticking their head around. That sounds really good. And I was like, yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> so maybe if I'll do this group performance, some of them. Well, I think some of them do want to perform a little piece as well, which will be nice. So that will kind of be, a, it won't be a recital, but it will be a mini, kind of. In your, uh, in your most nurturing moment as a teacher, if somebody told you that they were nervous before, what do you think you'd say? I would fake it. <laughs> I, would, I would say, oh, I know what we got to be nervous about. I wouldn't show my nerves to a student. I would be more nervous than them, probably. Um, but that, I don't want to be my own nerves. Um, I don't want to project my own nerves onto other people. So I definitely... Um, I've written a whole thing about... Um, when I went to London and saw Charlotte Tomlinson, she's a performance coach, and her seminar about performance was really, really interesting. I'm just going to have a scan through here. So... She does, um, she has like a little ritual, obviously a little ritual pre-performance. Um, and kind of understand your needs and everybody's so different. So things like food, some people might want to do yoga and stretches. Um, I think she said this one performer, I forget who she said it was. Um, he has to sit in silence on a chair in a room for an hour before his performance and no one can disturb him and he will just sit like this for an hour um and then that's what that's his ritual before he goes on stage and performs um but some some of the strategies she's learned and was teaching was um basically to to not scatter your energy well it's not scatter your energy but if you have too much adrenaline going on before performing doing this exercise of physically shaking your whole body um, to burn off any excess adrenaline, and it's, it she she did it for like a minute at least, and it's supposedly what gazelle. If a lion catches a gazelle, um, and if the gazelle escapes, um, let me just write this down. Yes, to, if if a lion if the gazelle escapes a lion in the wild, and um, it gets to a safe place it will physically, with its body, it's been seen in nature, it will physically do this sort of weird shaking for ages. And it, it's like it's to double check it's safe. Um, 
I need to research that. I've not researched that until I <laughs> scribbled these notes down. I thought, wow, that's so interesting. So, um, yeah, as a performance coach strategy that she that she teaches, it's to physically just shake, 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 shake as, as hard as you can, as much as you can for um, a minute. And afterwards, you should feel kind of, oh, almost, yeah, the adrenaline should go and you should be just kind of ready. Um, to go on stage I don't know whether that would be true I think that would help me actually just to kind of shake off any nerves mm. um, because that situation happened to, me, happened to me yesterday and I said oh don't worry I'm nervous too <laughs> I would have said yeah I, I don't know I would like to think I wouldn't say I'm nervous too but I would probably fake it yeah <laughs> I mean, it really depends, I guess, on um, who the student is, I guess, how, how much, uh, how much of your like, true, um, yeah, I agree. true nature yeah. you reveal. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Would you, would you play a solo at your own recital? At your kids' recital? You know what? That has been something going around my head for ages, and I've seen it in so many threads on Facebook groups asking, "Do you play at your own recital?" <laughs> and I don't know. I honestly, I'm sitting on the fence about this one. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would like to as an opportunity to perform myself, I suppose, in kind of the selfish way. But I wouldn't want to distract from them at the same time. So I don't. I I don't know. Okay. I am, I am I'm, I'm playing tomorrow and I I, 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 I I think that's great and then I think oh but mm -mm, I'm really yeah. so it's a I'm like yeah I'm a little bit back and forth but um one of my one of my kids is like what why are you doing that that's stupid like that's weird <laughs> he, he had been to so he had been to so many recitals uh from other teachers and stuff and but uh I always or like seeing my teacher play is inspiring, yeah. is inspiring to me. Uh, having that from a pupil perspective, I would, I would always get so excited about seeing my teacher play for me in the lesson. Um, if I was ever kind of choosing new repertoire, she would play through different options and then I'd get a choice. And I used to love those lessons because I'd just stand or sit there and be like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think from that perspective, I, um, I should really, because I know mm. what it must feel like for people. But then some pupils would, I don't, some, especially adults, I think, would maybe feel kind of, oh, I feel really inferior of her. Um, but I would like, I, I think I'm verging towards, yes, I would play. Mm. Yeah. Probably 60-40 at the moment. <laughs> I I haven't had a effective way of convincing my any adult student to no. do do my recital. They really don't want to do it. I I don't. I think mine would be the same. I don't think any of mine would want to. I'd have to bribe them. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of like doing a wine and cheese a, a wine and cheese recital just for adults. Yeah, it's uh, really nice. Or a piano kind of some kind of piano party. Just something quite informal where it is literally just adults 
that's performing. I think that's a really nice idea. I think that's what I would probably do. Mm -hmm. um, because it must feel a bit strange with a bunch of, well, anything from four plus really to teens. That must be quite weird to perform at the same thing. So, yeah, I think definitely separate adults. Well, unless they wanted to perform in a big yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's what's on the on the forefront of my mind is just like the mood, the tone that while well, performing, but also just like uh, just the thought about recitals and um, also also like the sort of mood that I'm communicating that the event is going to be like, and yeah. and what do I want it to be. We, um, I'm just reading here. The, um, this is again some notes from Charlotte Tom Tomlinson's the performance coach lady. Um, to see the performance kind of starting before you, which I, <laughs> I know I would do myself a lot, which is probably what you're, you've been doing is to kind of see that performance starting before. So you, you kind of go through events that haven't happened yet. Do you do that? I do that all the time. Like visualize it visualize, then happening? Visualize things happening. Um, but obviously visualize things happening positively because yeah. if, you, then if you visualize mistakes, the chances are that will happen and things. Um, and just notice that... Um, if you, audiences can sense nerves, can't they? So you've just got to uh, just, I think definitely do your little pre-performance ritual, whatever that might be for you. So yoga, eating, plenty of water, um, meditating, um, the shaking, that might work. Try it. <laughs> just give me feedback if that works. <laughs> and, um, but don't, yeah, don't scatter, it's not, not scattering your energy, isn't it? Gotta kind of savor that for the performance and get in the right zone. Um, and somehow control those nerves. And smile, yeah. I, always, I always tell my students, um, in terms of expression, when they're, if they have to play a piece lively and upbeat, I'll say, come on, let's play with a smile on our faces. And, um, they're kind of like, oh yeah, it sounds a lot better if we play it. Mm. Imagine mm -hmm. so. Yeah, trying to conjure those feelings before you perform is important. Not that I perform regularly, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's all. I've taken everything in internally. I'm kind of digesting all this information. Information again. It's been nice today. Actually, I've just written these notes out. Again, thinking, hmm, yeah, I've learned that. I need to apply that for when I do perform <laughs> yeah. at some point. Mm -hmm. The uh, the woman who played the Appassionata Sonata, I guess she said to one of her friends before going and playing it was, pray for me. <laughs> oh, I don't, yeah. I, yeah, it's a difficult one. Did she show her nerves? Did she? Did she was she a nervous performer or not? She um, I think she like kind of transmuted it into like energy, energetic, like yeah. energetic passion. 
it's so difficult. Everybody's so different, aren't they? With how they deal with um, it's such a personal thing, kind of performing in front of people. Actually, I am doing a mini performance tomorrow. My, oh. um, <laughs> my <laughs> no, not perform, not well, kind of. I'm using them. My friends are coming around for a takeaway, and um, I said, "Look, I'm what's really that? Oh, okay, takeout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry." The takeout. So um, we're going to get a curry. And I said, look, while the curry is cooking, can we, um, can I let you, can you listen to me um, play? Um, just to, to have somebody other there than my mum. Because my mum is used to, I'm, she mills around the house. I'm used to her being here. But I think to have the experience of playing in front of just my friends. And I actually teach, uh, my friends are a few years older than me and they've got my one i teach two of my friends i teach yeah. both of their kids i teach four of their children so that's yeah. kind of nerve-wracking as well those, those are the uh, the non-practicing kids i think that you want to whack over the head no they're not <laughs> no they're lovely they're really really good thankfully if they weren't uh -huh. like oh no that's a bit awkward no they they're lovely kids um yeah, so that's a kind of mini performance, not performance, a very informal performance. <laughs> I told them, look, I will go wrong and I will stop halfway through and get frustrated, probably. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. I'm actually, I'm gonna, my mom's flying in tonight um, to help me with my recital. Yeah. And, then, and then also on support me on Sunday, I also have my teacher's recital. Uh, and I always like drag her in at the end of the night to do like a full run through after I've practiced and everything. Um, yeah. So I'll probably do that. <laughs> Is yeah. that tonight? You'll be doing that? Yes. Uh, yeah. She comes in, she flies in late tonight. So. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just nice having that support there, isn't it, as well, with somebody who watched you grow over the years. Definitely yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my mom's definitely the biggest support I've ever had with my music. Yeah, definitely enrolling enrolling friends. I have a friend who's gonna do all get some good photos with his like nice camera. Yeah. Is anyone, I, the is anyone videoing the, the performances? Yeah. Uh, so he is going to. He has like multiple cameras that he's bringing. Um, and weirdly enough. Uh, because I use local hashtags on Instagram, this random photographer guy, he's coming with him and his wife, uh, and he's also going to bring his camera. <laughs> it's like professional quality. Uh, the age of the internet. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Those little, um, I meant to say the other day, I saw them. I think I saw them just before I started teaching on Instagram. I was just scrolling. I thought, oh, they're cool. Those little logo things you have done. Um, for your oh, the videos! Yeah, really, really cool. Five bucks. I was going to um, comment on my favorite, and I thought I like them all. I don't. Know. <laughs> Do you I have a logo? I was going to message you with my favorite, and I've forgotten to. But yeah, they're brilliant. Do you have a logo, Chloe? Um, I have um, just the name Rococo Piano Studio, and then just clip art. Um, um, quavers 
neatly kind of distributed. Yeah, on invoices and things. Um, uh, I'd like to get a logo done actually. Um, what is Roke? Oh, is that just Roberts? Coco. Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of my my childhood nickname was Coco. Yeah. Um, and the row is obviously Roberts. So I kind of wedged that together. And it's an era of music. It's kind of the Renaissance, not Renaissance. Um, yeah, just after the Renaissance, the kind of Rococo, Frenchy. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Very interesting okay. and ornamental. So it's kind of all linked with art, but that wasn't intentional. I w it was just a play uh, on my name, to be honest. So. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can make you one. See if yeah, I can make one that's good. Oh uh, I have Canva. What? Did you do yours yourself? I made the images myself. I didn't make, I submitted the image to this graphic designer. Yeah. Um, um, you're heavily influenced by Nicola is like your main thing. Are you mostly classical or are you pop? Just to get a general idea. Um, I, mm, that's tricky. I do a lot of uh, Tim Toppins No Book Beginners. With, yeah. Um, well, the preschool beginners with the new preschool beginners with preschool um, and the notebook beginners for adults and teens and kind of I follow a bit of that framework um, and then I use Nicola's games so I've got kind of creative candy cards and yeah. I've got lots of her games printed off um, so I always try and incorporate some sort of game or flashcard thing with teaching but in terms of repertoire oh um well, I guess what I'm really asking is like, what, what is your vision of what a logo for you might look like that represents you authentically? Um, quite, I want it, I, th I think I want something kind of professional looking, so not sort of, um, no sort of comic sans fonts. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no one uses comic sounds. So something, um, oh, that's really tricky. Oh, I don't know. In terms of colours as well, colours, I like orange. I think orange is really good. And mm. dark purples. Oh, oh, hello. Wow. That's, <laughs> see, that's lovely, the kind of shape. I love that piano y sort of ooh, shape. Uh, yeah, this this is for performance, and then um, yeah. this guy's for uh, education. Yeah, it's lovely. I love yeah. yellow. Yellow is really nice. Um, I would probably think black for kind of the font. Yeah. Um, oh, I really don't know. I have actually. Oh, got... do you see this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, is... I like that. Like this is a... yeah. This is a, a brainchild of mine. That's really cool. I like that. And I was playing white, with the so, um, striking, isn't it? Black and white. Really good. All right, I'll I'll do my best. Oh, I'll, no, send you you, I'll, I'll send you, you something. It's gonna take your time. But the um, just I I wouldn't mind doing my own really. It's just knowing how. I'm so bad with tech stuff. 
Well, that's why I offered, because <laughs> I kind of know Canva. I don't fully know Canva, but weirdly wow. enough, like, I'm really bad at doing things for myself. Mm. Uh, like, like, I have very little motivation to, like, uh, I don't or, like, ideas, business ideas, creative business ideas. I find them really hard for myself, but as soon as I, like, start doing and thinking for somebody else's business like the things come a lot easier because yeah. they're so like I'm just, I'm just gonna come in this drawer here because this I have I had I had leaflets printed on Vistaprint when I start when I started advertising uh-huh so that's like a flyer oh cool so I've kind of got the the, the whatsappy LinkedIn Facebook thing I try to use what have I got there orange Orange, blue, and green. It's okay. But what I, about, I mean, that looks like a little logo. Um, the top right. The top it was, right. It was just like a, 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 a Vistaprint um, template. Mm. <laughs> it was, this top bit was. And I thought, well, I'll keep this white. That little circle right there. And yeah, that almost That's looks like a, a logo that, that you could use with your name on it. It is. Yeah. Blow it so up. I, that's why I haven't created a um a logo yet. It's just because I've not needed to go too techy with it because these yeah. thankfully I've got out there. Um yeah. I've got like five hundred left of them. <laughs> <laughs> so many there is so many. So um, much merchandise. There is. That the only merch I've bought though, really. So pretty good. The rest has just been online shares and things like that nice yeah. yeah and and the fiverr thing the videos that cost me like five bucks it's so nuts that is cool do they do that in the uk then that, that's like an online thing isn't it yeah like, yeah yeah online. fiverr Ooh. yeah i can tell you my guy's name that's really <laughs> yeah that sounds great i got mine for the for the piano school um the website. Do you know what? The website, since I clicked, since you sent me the link last time when I was clicking on, um, I was just reading, just reading it all. And um, it appears on my adverts all the time. On the adverts, if you just click on kind of, I don't know, a random search for something. Um, I don't know. I read horoscopes all the time. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> A horoscope website the other day and down on the ad banner down the side there was like eric's piano school <laughs> oh, that's, that's so funny I, I keep on remarketing to you uh it's really funny what does what your uh, little affirmation say on your wall oh this one yeah. uh, this is my bedroom by the way because i'm buying mom's downstairs it is tidy so it says uh you were born an original don't die a copy i should probably Pay attention to that. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Very apt. I'm like, actually, I, I walk in and it's just every time I see it. But yeah, it's good. My mum is. I'm, I'm really good at copying. Of <laughs> <laughs> it, like just adopting ideas, and and then like, but then you get into this habit of just always looking outside. Or um, yeah, 
yeah, I, I don't know. But in terms of sort of copying, copying music, music uh, imitation is definitely, um, and learning kind of things by rote. I think it's, I think it's good. I think it can be a very good thing. Um, but yeah, I think I struggle with that as well. Interpreting things in my own way. Self-expression. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely just re kind of tapping into my true self-expression. I think really, um, I think I've definitely worried about what other people think for too long. Um, so yeah. Inter got to interpret things in our own way, haven't we? Um, don't want to be a sheep, as my mum would say. Don't be a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> You're born an original. Don't die like a sheep. Well, don't die a sheep. Not die like a sheep. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, do you think this might be a decent place to wrap up our call? Yeah. Maybe. I'm trying to think of other things we haven't we just talked about, but I don't know. The I've got lots of other notes about... I, I mean, I have some thoughts. Uh, I'm just curious, like, mm -hmm. the onboarding process that you have about taking on a new student and the way that you communicate with, like, a parent. Okay. Who's, who's like, thinking about... Yeah. So, um... I always offer a free welcome lesson yeah. um, for everybody. So I think that's, I think that's quite important, but I do stress that the welcome lesson is, um, I don't say the word interview, but I think it's, it's set up in a way that I, I will glean as much information as I possibly can about that student and start building a relationship, relationship from that moment. So what's their favorite? Thing on TV at the moment what have they done at the weekend and um, they do what types of music do they like to do like anything in particular um, and all sorts of things like that so I, I do kind of prep myself with a list of questions yeah welcome lesson. but um, in order to to get parents to book a welcome lesson it, it yeah, seemed too tricky to get parents to commit to a welcome lesson because I said I always stress that you know the welcome lesson is there because for both parties for me and for them if I don't think I'm a suitable teacher for them um, then I would say so and vice versa that's kind of the get out option at that welcome lesson if they don't want to continue and it's not for them. Um, I haven't had anybody take a welcome lesson and not continue yet <laughs> i'll be honest yeah um which is lovely um but i do i and i i think it's quite important to set um the boundaries not boundaries just be quite upfront about policies and don't accept weekly payment that kind of things um so just yeah. what's coming um in terms of, do you know get that out of the way and then it will kind of be light-hearted and yes okay mm. uh, how old the student have they had an experience with piano before that kind of thing um and it's all done it's all been done mostly i've only actually had one phone call conversation to set up a welcome lesson and that was with an adult student it's all been done email or um through facebook for me um, mm. so yeah 
Was that what you were getting at with that question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. And also, I mean, in the following weeks, then also, like, you're still yeah. feeling each other out. And um, yeah. um, a lot of it depends on the age of the student. So recently, my I've kind of taken on younger students. So quite often, I'll get the parents to sit in their first few lessons and try and be quite parent can kind of observe what I'm doing and I'll kind of I hope I stress to them this is what they should be doing with their child at home during the week yeah generally things you know parents come back and said oh well we've had a go at this but we didn't, didn't get this quite as well and um she's practiced this and this and this this week so they do kind of know what's going on with their child's practice which is good yeah <laughs> um yeah, because parental involvement is, it I really is the key, isn't it, to success with, with most students. They don't have that motivator there. Um, I think a teacher just isn't enough sometimes because we're not there mm. most of the time to say, no, let's do this now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but in terms of, uh, that, I kind of love teaching adult students because they're self-motivated to practice and they wouldn't be having lessons if they didn't come to their lesson every week and you know I have a few who don't have time who come and say oh, I haven't had as much time as I'd, I'd, I'd like this week to practice and they're completely honest about it um but yeah and I, I always note things in practice diaries um and I will kind of reiterate at the end of a lesson when I'm doing the kind of handover because some older students don't have their parents sit in, they wait in my dining room. So in the crossover, I'll just speak to parents and be like, okay, we're on, we've, I'm doing with a, quite a few students at the moment, um, a major scale challenge. So we've got a bit of a, a challenge to learn all the major scales in, depends on the six or 12 weeks, depends on some of them um and we'll kind of reiterate on what they need to learn at home this week and that parents need to kind of egg them on so they can get this challenge certificate at the end of it all by the summer mm. so yeah it's definitely important to verbalize all of that with parents mm, mm -hmm. uh, um have you have you started any preschoolers with the preschool notebook beginners I had a preschool welcome lesson on Monday and I mostly did follow, I think I did follow basically that first lesson um, of the preschool. Oh, no book beginners. <laughs> can go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a really, really successful lesson. Um, the beginning of the lesson, she was, she was four and she was so shy and she didn't kind of want to make a sound. And I said, oh, and we're going to pick, um, I printed off just a blank, just a nice piece of card of lots of different cartoon animals. Um, because I'm, I'm a bit rubbish at thinking of things on the spot. I mean, obvious ones are big lions and bears and things, but to have that visual aid, um, it was quite handy actually to kind of um, make big loud lion sounds down the low end of the piano or I'd, or I'd play them something and then they'd be and I'd be like okay so which animal on there do you think that was and then why why oh because it was really really low and really really high um so that was quite interesting yeah that it was 
good. Have you used any, have you used that framework with any of your preschool? Yeah, I have uh, two, two and a half year olds. Two and a half. <laughs> or like they're on the verge of three, both of them, oh, yeah. Cute. They, yeah, they started about the same time. Um, yeah, uh, and like one of, one of them, I'm still feeling out like what I can ask and demand of them. Uh, yeah. But one of them was like, like, oh, do you have any homework for our kid? <laughs> like, they were like asking for more. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, and so I like printed out all the memory I gave, I think I'm going to have a loaner set, several loaner sets of the, all of the materials. I so, haven't, yeah. but I've been thinking, yeah, dogs and gates, the dogs and gates would be really, really useful to have for them to use at home, wouldn't they? So yeah, my kids are, are really starting to get where they go just from the repetition of the yeah, activity, that's really, which is cool. Really good. Yeah. It's funny how some, some four year olds will get it straight away. I've only had experience with four-year-olds, that's the youngest I've gone so far. Um, but some will just get it instantly, and then, yeah, some will take a little, a few weeks to just get mm. that. It's really, I just find it really interesting and so fun to teach young, younger ones. I've used, I've used some of the curriculum with my older students, too. Yeah, um, yeah me too, me too, me too. Um, up to kind of I think I'm up to maybe nine, some stuff. It really depends, doesn't it? On because some you'll have a really sort of immature nine-year-old, and then a really really mature five-year-old, and um, yeah, it's such a personal thing about what you can use. Definitely use them with older students. They love the oral animal games. You know that one? Oh my gosh! Yes. The um, do you have them on popsicle sticks? uh no well that's the that's the paddles and the paddles awesome. yes. yeah uh, already because they kids just love oh my god <laughs> that part of the lesson where i sit on the piano and they have to guess they have to guess the two yeah that's the best thing so that's funny <laughs> um and then um oh you mentioned just uh really avoiding avoiding weekly payments i had an interesting yeah. interaction with with somebody yesterday yeah. uh and it was obvious to me that i didn't communicate it well enough that i expect like month in advance payment and they said um like hey can we just pay you weekly like it works better for us and i was like uh well, generally i don't do that <laughs> you've got to stick to your guns haven't you you've got to have I'm in the process. I need to revamp my um, policies. We've had, we had bad snow earlier this year and I had to cancel quite a few lessons and just, I need to kind of, <laughs> in terms of makeup lessons and things like that, I need to just revamp my policies a little bit. Um, but it's so important to have those there, isn't it? And stick to them. That's the hard bit. It's horrible mm. because, <laughs> um, I like I like to feel like I can relax the policies and things, um, but yeah, you kind of digging yourself a hole if you agree, mm. aren't you? Really. <laughs> I don't. Um, how's your practice been? Oh, this week <laughs> terrible. I'll be I'll be completely honest. It's it's been terrible. Um, yeah, I printed off a blank calendar for May. 
um, I've just, I've not sat and dedicated time to it. I've literally just gone to the piano and played the tricky bits, which is good. So I've not kind of gone and played through from the beginning and just rushed through all my pieces. Like things happen like that sometimes. I've gone to specific um, bars, the tricky hard stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I'll leave it and then I'll, go, <sighs> I'll get really frustrated. But then I'll go back to it. And so I've definitely been interleaving rather than um, sitting down and having a long stint. Um, Practice. Mm. Harris, your your practice is obviously being very good because <laughs> the recitals going up. So it's it's okay. I I do things that to procrastinate playing everything but the oh, things that I should be playing. I'm just going to run through this Boris Kinney improvisation before I start. <laughs> yeah, I play out of my Disney book. I did this improv this blues improvisation this morning um before i did anything with my music and then also just being tired after teaching but uh, i mean i have practiced i i feel like i'm pretty well prepared uh with with the phase that the music is in but it's always procrastinating whether it's rationalizing not practicing by like watching one of the videos from tim topham or something or or cutting out the stuff oh i gotta do that oh, um, do have you laminated yours your cutouts because, no i oh if you oh that's a nightmare because if you have to if you decide to laminate them you've got to cut out to get like the best quality kind of looking games you've got to cut out the paper versions and then lay them in a laminating pouch, and then yeah. laminate, and then cut out the laminating, the uh -huh. laminating games, which is just, I have to, I've decided I have to do things in stints now. I'll do all the printing, and then the cutting in a different, on a different day, and then all yeah. the laminating on a different day, and then all the laminating, cutting out of the laminating on a different day, because, oh, it's so worth it though, definitely yeah. worth it. Did you see my Instagram post asking Nicola and Tim how they like get all their games to be done? I did. And she <laughs> saying teachers get their students to do it for them to cut their it out. Yeah, they're, they're teenagers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just go past that and thought, uh -huh. yeah, that's a good plan. That's mm. quite a good idea. <laughs> cool. Um, I agree. <laughs> is there anything you're struggling with right now uh my own practice is probably but the best and the most thing i'm struggling with um i think i feel like teaching's going pretty pretty well i used to get quite stressed about planning um, I'm an over planner, as you know, already. Um, so I think definitely since discovering Tim's idea of, have you seen the, oh, the different, the different kind of, basically, as long as you get some sort of technical, some sort of creative thing and well, is it technical repertoire creative in like a big visual I, thing? Yeah. Big triangle I, visual. Sounds familiar. Um, um, 
I basically just thought, right, as long as I get those three things covered in a lesson and then maybe plan a game, and I'll end up like just planning lots of lots of different things for individual lessons. Um, but I, yeah, I used to really stress about getting through everything um, in a lesson, but I don't anymore because mm. it's such an individual journey for everybody. Um, and it doesn't matter if we with one week we don't do that scale because the following week I, I would rather I think definitely with creative stuff if we're a little bit too into this particular chord progression that the students absolutely loving that's okay I and mean, I should allow that to happen mm. because the following week will make up for that time that I lost that I didn't do with scales previous week up it the next week so it's all fine like that so um so I feel like my teaching I'm getting my head around how I flow and structure my lessons um, and it's becoming much more natural in how I deliver my lessons I think compared to mm. what it was six years ago um so that's good <laughs> mm. I still feel a little bit overwhelmed with ideas um I have lots of ideas swimming around in my head with all this improvisation. I need to watch that video on bluesy stuff. And um, it's finding time to do it because often I'll find time. I don't, although it's personal development, and I always think, oh, I should be doing, I should be doing my own practice and things like that because I feel, I think my, my own practice definitely does suffer because of teaching, which mm. is um i think it's the same for a lot of other teachers as well yeah i've just i haven't found that balance yet between life and the work-life balance definitely mm. i will spend a lot of time researching stuff in my what should be my chill out time i guess have you read coffee with ray no Oh man, it's fantastic. Coffee with Ray, no. Um, sorry? Who's it by? Uh, Nick Ambrosino. It's on Amazon. Nick. Um, Tim Topham has an endorsement on the book, like on the back cover. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a parable about a piano teacher who is... Um, disheveled with his line of work because uh, his students are not progressing the way he wants them to or motivated the way he wants them to. And so he meets this kind of wiser, older man talk and completely like redefines his way of understanding teaching. I picked it up for the second time when I woke up at five this morning, I read the first three chapters, four chapters. Um, that. That sounds great. Yeah, it's there's a there's a sequel too that I'm gonna buy because I I read that book in a day, um, or maybe two days. I don't I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it was really good though. Um, it's like yeah. 130 pages or something, 150. So, it's so it's not. Quick read, yeah. But that sounds really good. I'll definitely get on Amazon. <laughs> yeah awesome i need to Free. buy a new diary actually from amazon so i will go on tonight and order that that sounds good yeah. if you're if you like eating if that's going to help you so have a banana before you eat because eating chocolate or anything bad well you can't eat chocolate though can you hear me 
but yeah don't go on a big sugar high just have something that will sustain your energy throughout your mm. recital and breathe and meditate and make sure you're in the zone beforehand um warm up visualize you doing well it's all about mindset because if you're in a negative mindset the audience will know they will and <laughs> allow mistakes to happen in your practices leading up to it and be objective about them don't be in don't be non-emotional and non-judgmental allow them to happen oh this is this is what i was going to say before um the inner critic is has you know we should allow our mistakes and we should compare it the, a really, really great analogy mistakes are a, are a, good, are a good thing because we, if, if a child is learning to walk and they fall we don't tell we don't say oh you stupid thing you fell over we say oh we, we encourage them and say oh come on let's get back up let's try mm. that again well done yeah. and we raise mistakes they're a good thing we, we need to learn from them um so and then the crux of it be responsible for your confidence give out what you get back the smile <laughs> no and get comfy in your space that's an interesting one um i have a teen student at the moment playing the left hand part of a piece slightly in the treble clef and she was in this really awkward posture and i said what are you doing let's move your seat shuffle about let's move your seat back this way and get your hand in a better place you need a bit of arm space She's like, oh my gosh, that's so much easier. So make sure you're comfy in your seat before you play, which is yeah. all things you know already. But I think it's sometimes just really useful to kind of get close to them, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing recordings of it and pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I, one last thing that I want to share with you. I'm super yeah. stoked about my, my shirts. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really funny. People have been like scoping me out, like when I go about my day. Yeah. Uh, they've been like they. It draws attention. That's which is really. Which is I, interesting. You're a traveling teacher, aren't you? So. You you don't teach in your own home. You right. Houses. Yeah, that's cool. It wouldn't work, wouldn't kind of be the same for me though, because I just I'm a, I'm a bit of a hermit. I don't really go out much. <laughs> you can wear it like going grocery shopping. I could, yeah, just pop into on the bus. Yeah, I don't drive, so I'd have to get the bus in and then lug these big uh -huh. um, carrier bags of food home. Yeah. <laughs>